Welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 67, Why I Chose a Home Birth. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hey there, happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of the Breezy Babies podcast. Hey, do you like this episode? Do you enjoy it? Do you listen to multiple episodes on this podcast? If so, could I ask you a favor? If you have found this podcast to be helpful to you in any way in your life, Could you take two minutes of your time and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts? It is quick and easy to do, doesn't cost you anything except for two minutes of your time, and it really helps me out. It helps others to find this podcast, and it helps it to rank better on Apple Podcasts when others are searching for Uh, topics such as parenting (laughs) that falls under what I talk about on this podcast episode. So please leave me a review. I would love it. And plus, they just make my day. I love to read them here on um, my episodes and share it with all of you. So I would so appreciate it if you could do that for me. I am excited for today's podcast episode. It is called Why I Chose a Home Birth. And I told you last week that this podcast episode isn't to convince you to have a home birth. You could listen to this podcast episode and think, oh, hey, maybe I would try a home birth one day. Or you could listen to this podcast episode and think, oh, no way. Home births are not for me. (laughs) There's no way it's happening. And either way is totally fine. The main part, uh, the main point of this podcast is to instead just expand your mind and help you discover that there are many options surrounding your birth. You are in the driver's seat. You get to decide in many instances, in most instances, what happens during your birth journey. And not many people know that. They do not know of any choices that they have during their birthing experience. So yes, you do have options. You are in the driver's seat. You can decide what you want your birth experience to look like. And that is the main thing that I want you to go home with today. Well, you're probably already home right now while you're listening to this. (laughs) And again, this podcast is never medical advice. This is always something that you can talk about with your own healthcare provider And if you find that your healthcare provider is not um, supportive of what you want your birth process to look like, 
then you can find a new provider. <laughs> that is no problem. I had all three of my first kids under the same provider, and this time I chose a different provider because I wanted a different experience than what I had before, and I knew that working with my OBGYN that I used with my first three kids, while it was great and it worked out, I knew that that office was not going to be able to provide me with what I was looking for this time around. Okay, so... Let me share some tips with you um, on why home birthing can be something that some people choose. (laughs) And honestly, I've mentioned before that a lot of people, when I tell them when I have a home birth, well, first of all, most people are very supportive. They say like, oh, that's so cool. I've always thought that was a cool option. I mean, I would never do it, but that's cool for you. (laughs) That seems to be how most people respond. But there have been a handful of people who have been like, whoa, you're having a home birth? That is crazy. Um, That is not a good choice, (laughs) basically has been how the conversation has gone. And, you know, honestly, if you would have offered me a home birth when I had my first baby, I would have been like, uh, yeah, no thanks. Um, but things have kind of evolved and changed, changed for me over time. So let's jump right in because the first thing that I want to kind of explain, um, this first one is going to be think about what experience you want when it comes to your birth. Okay, think about what experience you want when it comes to your birth. So to kind of explain how I got to where I am now, let me kind of explain what each of my births have looked like so far which with each of my three kids. So my oldest, she is um, almost 11 years old. Okay, so this was about 11 years ago that I was preparing for birth and all the things. And I, when I say preparing, I actually didn't really prepare at all. (laughs) In my mind, preparing was going to Target and putting together a baby registry list and going to baby showers and getting fun baby things and getting clothes and getting all the gadgets and all the things that we needed to have a baby. I did not go to a childbirthing class. I did not go to a breastfeeding class. I didn't go and tour the hospital beforehand. Now, granted, I was a registered nurse at the time. I had done clinicals and even worked um, as a registrar in this hospital. So I was very familiar with the hospital. I was familiar with what the rooms were like and all that sort of thing. It wasn't like I was totally going into this blind, but I thought like, oh, I'm a nurse. I know what I'm doing. Turns out I really didn't know what I was doing at all. So I I did have a great uh, group of women who were OBGYNs. This, this group that I went to was all women. They kind of all did the same thing. And it wasn't like, you know, the on-call doctor was going to come in and do something completely different than, you know, what my doctor would do for me for delivery. So I did really like that. Um, But it turns out the day after my due date, 
I had low amniotic fluid and I was surprised with, hey, you're having a baby today, (laughs) which was not what I was expecting. I just was kind of expecting to go into labor on my own. So I went in, I got hooked up to the Pitocin and I got the epidural and I kind of just waited all day. Um, And then I had my baby that night. And overall, it was a fine experience. Everything worked out. You know, there was nothing too crazy that happened. Um, And it was fine. But I knew that for my next baby, I wanted to be a little bit more prepared. And my epidural, um, there was a spot that hadn't worked. So the anesthesiologist came back and redosed me two different times, gave me more medication through my epidural site. Um, so I was completely dead. Like my legs were dead, dead, dead as a doornail. In fact, there was one point while I was pushing where my husband accidentally dropped one of my legs on the floor and I had no idea. I had no idea. I, even when I was pushing, they're like, oh, you're doing a good job. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm even doing. Like I can't feel a thing. So in between my first and my second baby, Um, That was only a two-year span, but I learned about natural delivery. I had a friend who had done a course called um, HypnoBabies, and as soon as I heard about it, I was just like, oh, that's for me. That's something I'm totally going to do. So this time around, I had totally different plans. I still wanted to deliver in the hospital, but I um, downloaded all these soundtracks and I prepared every night by listening to them and relaxing my body. And I knew that I wanted to do a natural delivery this time around. The tricky thing was (laughs) at 37 weeks, I found out that I had low amniotic fluid again, and I had to be induced surprise at my 37 week appointment, had no idea. They did let us go home and get all of our things, but had to go back that same day, had a baby that same day. And, um, it was, it was an interesting experience having to be on Pitocin again to start labor and going natural and feeling completely stuck in bed with these really unnatural contractions from the Pitocin. Um, it was really kind of awful to feel like I was stuck in bed, couldn't move around. And, um, luckily she was my smallest baby. So just after like a push and a half, she came out. Um, but I knew again, like, okay, that was fine. That was, that's how it went that time, but not doing that again next time. I am not being induced (laughs) and going natural again. That was not a fun experience for me. So third baby this time around, I did everything I could to make sure that I was taking care of my body so that I did not have low amniotic fluid. I had, I didn't want any reason that I had to be induced. I wanted to go into labor on my own, which honestly, I kind of questioned, like, can I go into labor on my own? I'm not even sure because I never have before, but turns out a few days before my due date, I did go into labor on my own. I labored um, without an epidural, everything was natural. Everything went smooth. 
Um, but overall, I just felt like my hospital staff really wasn't familiar with natural childbirth, um, with the positions that they put me in while I was pushing. And with the OBGYN, she kept saying, like, you need to push, you need to push. And I felt like it wasn't a time to push. So I just didn't feel like they were really familiar with natural childbirth and kind of just letting my body get into the position that I needed and push when I wanted to. So I always knew that if I were to do it again, I wanted the full natural childbirth experience because I didn't want to feel pain, this unnecessary pain, um, because I wasn't able to do all the things that I wanted to in the hospital. Now, that's not true for everyone. A lot of people have hospital births and do everything they want and need, and, and it's really great. But for me, I knew that this time I wanted to fully labor at home because I did find that things stalled after driving to the hospital, especially with my third baby. And also this time around, I really wanted my kids to be able to be present because they are older. So I want them to be able to be at the birth. And I know that that is not a possibility at the hospital in any way this time around. I did not want to have to pass a COVID test. And for me, wearing a mask while I labored is a hard pass. <laughs> it's a hard pass for me. I wanted a beautiful, relaxing space this time. I wanted a videographer to capture it all. And major bonus, turns out that my insurance actually covers a home birth 100%. So that's kind of how I landed on a home birth this time around. And of course, I'm going to keep you in the loop and let you know how everything goes, show you all the videos and all the pics and everything after this baby comes. But this leads me to um, tip number two, which is I want to ask you the question, is home birth even safe? Now, I'm going to link a couple of studies for you in the show notes, but what research has shown is that a normal natural birth is actually the safest for mom and baby. Studies also demonstrate that interfering with the birth process without clear medical indication is dangerous. Yet, despite this evidence, most women continue to believe that birth is only safe in the hospital just in case. But it turns out that today for healthy women with no medical complications, okay, again, healthy women with no medical complications, side note, this is not going to be a good fit for everyone, but what they have found is that it's safe or even safer to give birth in a birthing center, an actual birthing center, not, you know, just a special room in the hospital or at home, um, that's totally safe when trouble is neither expected nor created. So you do want to kind of think this through. This study does talk about how you want to choose a midwife or a physician to attend your home birth because there are a wide variety of variations and complications that can happen. You want to be prepared to transfer to a hospital if anything does come up. Um, but what this research shows is that women who have no factors that contraindicate a home birth and who prefer a planned attended home birth with facilities for prompt transfer to a hospital if necessary should not be advised against it. 
Um, and let me read you what else it says in this um, study and tell me if you agree. It says the strength, confidence, and support that characterize home birth carry into the days and weeks after birth. <laughs> Do you believe that? The strength, confidence, and support that characterize home birth carry into the days and weeks after birth. You could fill in home birth, birth center, hospital, whatever right there. But I truly believe that your birth experience, you carry it with you. Um, there are things that happened during, right before, right after my birth experience with all my kids that sometimes still just kind of get under my skin, kind of irk me all these years later, even though things turned out great overall, like, you know, we're all alive. <laughs> we're all here. But giving birth is not about just coming out alive. I'm sorry, I just cannot buy into that notion like, well, at least everybody's alive. <laughs> Since when is that our goal with giving birth? Like that cannot be our highest goal when it comes to giving birth. Your birth experience matters. And yes, what happens to you during birth, it, you carry it into the days and weeks afterwards. So what they went on to say in the study um, is that they promote normal birth um, and that women should be given the opportunity to give birth in an environment where a natural, normal birth is protected and supported. Um, they go on to say, when we select a place that where we, not the doctors, are in control, because you are in control, not the doctor, you have an opportunity to rediscover in yourself the power to give birth without intervention, with the confidence and spontaneity with which we breathe and move, and with the same love and passion with which we may have conceived the child who enters the world. Okay. So, so good. Um, in the other study that I am going to link for you, um, it talks about the differences in low APGAR scores between a home birth and delivering in the hospital, um, between having um, a tear or a laceration. Um, they found that there were fewer medical interventions occurring in the home birth group with having to be induced augmentation, episiotomies, C-sections, and they also found that no maternal deaths occurred in the studies. So what their conclusion was is that home birth is an exceptional, uh, acceptable alternative to hospital confinement for selected pregnant women, okay, again, this is not for everyone, and leads to reduced medical interventions. So Despite what these studies have found, did you know that home births are still illegal in six states here in the United States? I actually did not know that until a couple of months ago. I had no idea that in six states, a home birth is considered illegal. So depending on where you live, you may want to look up if home births are even an option for you. But again, even if it's not an option for you, whether it's legal or illegal, <laughs> you may just think um, you may find that it's not the right option for you. There may be a birth center or there may be a hospital that does promote natural methods um, better than others. You still have choices that you can make for your labor experience. Okay. So tip number three, I kind of want to just talk to you about how I am preparing 
for a smooth home birth because you do have to prepare yourself whether you're having a home birth or if you're even just planning to um, deliver in the hospital, I would argue no matter what kind of delivery you're going to have, you need to prepare beforehand, but especially if you are planning to go with as little um, intervention as possible. Okay. So ways that I am preparing for a natural home birth are I have a chiropractor who is adjusting me and keeping everything straight and together every couple of weeks. I am also exercising daily. And when I say exercising, um, you know, especially towards the end of my pregnancy, <laughs> but sometimes it doesn't look like a normal exercising. Sometimes it's going to a class and just kind of, uh, you know, walking and doing the movements and <laughs> just doing the best I can. Um, and on the days that I don't fully exercise, I still try and at least go on a walk and walk and move around and keep my body moving. I um, shoot for eating 60 to 80 grams of protein a day. I am really focused on staying hydrated this pregnancy, especially because of my past experience with having low amniotic fluid. I just wanted to make sure that my body was getting everything it needed to work properly so that I do not have to be induced early. I really feel strongly that it's always better if your body can go into labor naturally on its own instead of having to be induced um, of course, you don't always have a choice, but things go so much smoother when your body is ready and primed to go into labor on its own. I am also being really aware of getting enough rest, which is why I took a, a nap <laughs> before recording this podcast, because I need that for my pregnant brain to work properly. Mentally, I have been preparing by watching births, home births specifically, watching videos um, of of what that looks like and, and the good and, and the bad of it all. And I just know everything that's coming with giving birth at home. I know which parts are going to be really tricky and which parts are going to be really hard and just preparing for that mentally. I am blocking out negative viewpoints. <laughs> I am careful with who I tell about my home birth experience. Um, I know on this podcast, so many of you are going to be listening, but you can't give me your advice back. <laughs> Instead, I'm the one doing all the talking. I mean, of course, you could send me an email and be like, I don't agree with home births. You are crazy. And that's totally fine. But that's something that I am choosing to share with you. Um, I am listening to my Hypno Baby soundtrack. I should be listening to that multiple times a week. I have not been that good about it, but I did learn with my past two pregnancies um, how to relax my body. And so I know that that muscle memory is going to come back again. Is really, that's the important part is just learning how to relax your own mind and how to relax your own body. And I also put together a checklist on my phone of all the things that I want to have available during my home birth, just so I am feeling prepared and ready to go. 
So there you have it. Those are some reasons why I chose a home birth. Again, you can take or leave this information. You can decide if it's right for you or not. But either way, I hope that you feel a little bit more empowered with your birthing experience. And if things didn't go exactly how you planned with one baby and you are expecting again, you can have a different experience with your next. Each of my birth experiences have been so, so different. And I know that this one is going to be no exception. It's going to be a very different birth experience than I've had in the past. So I hope that you have a great week. I hope that you join me again next Tuesday. And in the meantime, again, leave me a podcast review. I would love you forever for it. Of course, I'm going to leave you with you are strong. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are a good friend to all. Bye. Bye.